Well, here we are, Bromley Bus Special Edition, and um, we're sitting here with uh, Imi from Digital Editor of the New Shopper. Of course, before we speak to Imi, Darren Wheel. Darren Wheel of Intune PR and the Bromley Bus. And Zina Nirani of Vida Della Manicosa Coaching. So, Amy, welcome to Thank Bromley you. Buzz. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here um, and to find out more about the digital side of the new shopper. So, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you do and what you cover in terms of the digital side? Yeah, that's fine. So, um, yeah, I'm the digital editor for the new shopper and for NewsQuest's other London titles. Um, and it's kind of pretty self-explanatory. I look after the digital side um, of what we do. So that's from what goes on the website, how things look when they go on the website, um, to the social media pages, um, what goes on social media, how things are portrayed on social media, what's written on social media, um, you know, the pictures that go on the website with the stories, um, making sure that the headlines are gripping online, um, that kind of thing really, everything digital. Everything digital, fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about your personal and professional background. Yeah, that's and fine. how you started and how long you've been with the new shopper. So um, I went to Nottingham University and studied English. Um, I enjoyed uni, but I also don't like doing nothing. And I only had like <laughs> six hours of teaching a week and I got really bored. I, I, I was bored. I, di I didn't like the, the, I know a lot of it was kind of, you, you go away and you do a lot of the learning yourself. And I was prepared to do that, but I kind of didn't like how free that was. Not because I'm not willing to do it and not because I can't do that, but I found it quite boring. So I ended up going back to Leeds quite a lot. Um, and it was kind of at the very beginning of my degree where I was like, right, there's two things that I potentially want to do. Either be a lawyer or be a presenter. I did some work. Two very different. Yeah, <laughs> totally different. But also both can kind of come from doing English. Mm -hmm. So I did some work experience in a solicitor's office. Um, I wouldn't say I hated it because it was really interesting. The team were really nice. But sitting in an office looking through papers all day or documents or files I was like no not for me um so I was like right I'm gonna do my English degree and see if I still want to be a presenter slash journalist after it and then I can do a master's uh, in that so after my English degree I went back to Leeds which is where I'm from and I did um a journalism master's at Leeds Trinity University which was the best I absolutely loved it I would say it was the best year in my education but I also really did love school and I also really loved like English language at school and that's what made me want to do English at uni um so yeah went to Leeds Trinity did the journalism masters which came with two accreditations one is the NCTJ and one is the BJTC the BJTC is more broadcast side and the NCTJ is more print side did both um loved both loved the whole course I loved the people I, I just loved everything about it so after that I was like right yeah this is what I want to do um and we I had some placements arranged with various different outlets I did I had some for radio I think I was doing one for the Daily Mail online anyway Covid hit lockdown hit at the very end mm. of my master's I think yeah the March and I was due to finish in like the June and go on to do all these placements most of them got cancelled did a couple online which were really good but it was such a rubbish time 
to have that we were meant to have you know like newsroom days and and the Leeds Trinity um TV studio and radio studios are incredible and yes we use them but we missed out on like those really best bits um but yeah as I say I did a couple of other placements which were they were good it's hard remotely when you're new to an industry it's hard for the people giving me the placement because working remotely again was new to them lockdown had just hit no it was really good and then um I applied for a job at the Yorkshire Evening Post um, which is a big daily newspaper in Leeds. Got that job, which was great. Absolutely loved that. Um, covered loads of different stories there. Helped with like a new print magazine that came out. Did stuff online. And then I kind of, I think, got a bit of like a, a twitch or a bug mm. or an itch, maybe is more the right word, of, right, I want to move to London. As I say, when I was in, in Nottingham for uni, I went home back to Leeds quite a lot. And it didn't really feel like I'd kind of got away and like, on on like an adventure yes it was great the social side of it but I wanted something else I wanted to like move away a lot of my friends were moving to London and stuff like that so anyway yeah applied for a job um at Newsquest with the new shopper um got the job which was really great it was like a really nice interview process as well you know sometimes you have to wait ages to hear back and and you feel rubbish and you're stressed no the interviews were lovely met the people who are now my colleagues who I got on so well with which is funny now thinking back about it, back to it. Um, and then I got the job, started in the July, and then I moved to London in the August. Um, I was a digital reporter, um, which was great. Kind of similar-ish to what I'm doing now in the sense of big digital focus, but I was a reporter, so I was constantly writing stories. And then just since then, basically worked my way up. So I've been there sort of nearly-ish two years now. Um, well, it will be two years in July. And I went from being a digital reporter to a digital ace, which in simpler terms is basically digital audience and content editor. So I was looking after the South London team, which obviously covers Bromley. Um, and then from there went on to be digital editor, which to be honest, I am still basically doing the same thing, covering the South London team and Bromley, um, well, including Bromley, but I also kind of oversee the digital aspect of all the other sites as well. Fantastic. Very long answer. But do you know what? It's it's amazing. Just listening to you and saying, you know, you thought going down the law side and then this, and just sitting here with you and listening to you, and before we started recording as well, your energy and the bubbliness that comes out of you is incredible. So I, I can't really see you sitting in an office <laughs> sedentary at all. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, we can see you're a people person mm. and that really comes out in your energy. So yes. Yeah, passion. You got passion. loads of it. Yeah, we love it. Absolutely good. Along the way, as you crafted your way into a career in journalism and you did your English studying, um, what influenced you, or who might have influenced you? <laughs> who my influences everybody mm. laughs at because in the, my first year of um, uni at Nottingham, I applied to do work experience with ITV, and at the time they had this like work experience pool and you'd apply to get in the pool and then you'd be open to load of opportunities once you're in the pool got in the pool the first opportunity came up was ITV's This Morning my mum is like an avid This Morning fan <laughs> loves Philip Schofield loves Holly Willoughby so that kind of came down to me so I saw that opportunity I was like oh my gosh I have to do it applied got it it was incredible so I basically was a runner for two weeks at This Morning mm. and the truth is, always, anybody asks me, what do you want to do? 
I want to be Holly Willoughby. That's my answer. <laughs> and at first I said it with such confidence and now I say it and I'm like, I shouldn't say it because it's embarrassing because I'm never going to do that. But that is what I, what I guess was my influence. And then it was kind of like, I didn't, it, it's very hard to get into just presenting. And also because I really like English and because I was quite, quite academic at school, I wanted to kind of do something else as well that was involved in journalism basically kind of just seemed like it came hand in hand with that um because as I say like at, at doing my master's in journalism we did a lot of writing but also a lot of presenting we did tv radio so it kind of all came together and it I, I can't say I knew masters about about journalism or about the industry beforehand but when I was doing the masters, I was like right yes this is the right thing which is so lucky because mm. You know, I'm sure some people on the course have thought, why on earth did I do that? I'm not interested. But yeah, it was lucky and it was great. So that, I would say, is an influence. Mm. Yeah. It sounds to me, anyway, mm. I think it could be Holly Willoughby, oh, totally. You're my new favourite person. Holly Willoughby, <laughs> 2.0. Fine, mm. I'll take it. 2.0 is extra naughty. We need yeah. to get, <laughs> we need to get her <laughs> listening to the Bromley Bus podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, so... We've done a lot of where you've come from, yeah, uh, and we've kind of hinted at it as well, where you want to go to. Mm. But what, what, I absolutely love positive news, and I love the Positive News magazine, which I share with everyone ever, mm. and I would love to write for that myself. Mm. What would you like to write for or do that you haven't done yet, most of all? Good question. Mm. Um, I think the thing that I'd like to do that I haven't done yet is present on TV. But as I say, it's not, you don't just click your fingers and present on TV. And I can't actually say that I'm doing masses to help myself towards that at the moment because obviously I'm working at the news shopper. Yes, it's related, but it's also not that related. But opportunities like this where I can talk and I can talk for England and bore people, then that's perfect. So that helps towards that. Um, what I'd like to write that I haven't yet, I think, possibly like more telling my own story um obviously I've spent a lot of time telling other people's stories but you know I have a big story as well and and as journalists we spend so much time listening to other people we don't we don't tell our own stuff but again people probably don't also care so <laughs> well so at the point when they do then I'll tell then I'll right. be warned then um, when we get to the end, I'm going to ask you another question, which I forgot earlier, which is, is there anything you would like to be asked? Okay. So we'll come on to that, because okay. if there is a bit of your story you want to tell, that will be then. Now, I'm going to give a little shout out to someone we met yesterday, actually, at this point. We went to this event of the Casper charity that mm, um, we and the Let's Talk Better campaign are supporting, and it was great. And one of the people we met there was a singer, a young singer called uh, Amity. Uh, and she was brilliant, wonderful writing mm. uh, and and singing. And when we were talking outside of that, um, her and the people, sorry, him and the people he. around, mm -hmm. thank you, uh, were saying that they, what they want to do is to give like a chance. Mm. Uh, so when it comes to your presentation on TV, <laughs> don't forget to give like a chance. And uh, that's why yeah. it's worth mentioning, even in things like this go to something I'm going to say later. You never know who's listening. Yeah. Uh, so, the, you're on the digital side, so tell us a little bit more um, about how the news shopper works in terms of digital. Okay. So, a little bit of the history around that side of it. So, 
obviously um digital is ever growing especially now um and we basically really want to make the most of that we want to get our readers um reading our stuff digitally engaging with it digitally you know we use we heavily rely on facebook to share our stories um twitter as well more so um tiktok i know we can sort of discuss that um in more detail um but yeah we kind of just want to make sure people know to come to us online know to share our stuff online you know it's the news quest sort of slogan as it is is trusted local news and that's what we want to make sure and you know in an ever-growing digital world there's that danger of like clickbait and and sharing things unnecessarily and trying to trying to make try, I guess gearing everything you do towards clicks and don't get me wrong of course we want clicks but we want to make sure that there's something else to it and it's not just we're going to pretend that there's going to be a storm when there isn't just to make mm. you read our story because that helps us no we want to make sure our stuff is engaging digitally but also that it's valued and it's trusted and it's local yeah. we want everything to be localized and we want to make sure that we kind of Yes, while we are having quite a big focus on digital and online, we don't want to take away from that. You know, people would pick up a paper and get stuff that's happening down the road or in their community. We want to bring that from the newspaper to online rather than it being an online operation that kind of works separately to the paper. I hope that kind yeah, of makes sense. That was, actually, I was going to ask you, you know, how similar or different would you say the news shopper paper is to digital online obviously newspapers can't have the clicks and the likes <laughs> well our all the stories that go in the new shopper paper have been done for online first um and i hope that shows kind of the range of stuff that we do online because it can then be taken to the newspaper of course there are things that go online which aren't maybe suitable or not suitable but but would wouldn't go in the newspaper necessarily because we might I don't know we've had quite a lot recently which is really lovely of like people in hospital or in homes that are celebrating their 100th birthday and we'll put a picture of them in our Facebook and it's so lovely to see all the comments come in like happy birthday Mary or whoever it is and such a nice community spirit and that I guess wouldn't necessarily translate as well in the newspaper because we might not write yeah we might not write a whole story about them um but yeah, as I say, everything that goes in the newspaper is written for online and goes online first and then our fantastic um, print team take it and put it in the paper. So yeah, they are cl- together, but also separated. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Actually, can I swap a couple of these questions around? Yeah, That's right. Because yeah. you, 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 know, you mentioned telling the stories and mm. things like that. And that, you know, those, it's all about communication. And it's all those moments about the value of storytelling. So tell us a little bit about, uh, around the value of it that you get from storytelling. I mean, I think... And for people and yourself, sorry. I think there's kind of nothing better than making a difference. And that is a lot of what we are able to do with our storytelling. You know, somebody will come to us very recently. Somebody did bed bugs in the whole apartment block having an absolute nightmare this one tenant that um one of my fantastic reporters spoke to um was blind and she'd had bed bugs and was as she claimed forced to sit in the corridor for sort of 12 hours whilst the flat was fumigated and it had taken such a fight again as she claims to get the the flat fumigated in the first place um and 
for for Emily, who was the reporter that wrote it, it was such a kind of nice feeling to be able to tell that story, but also to kind of nudge nudge something to be done about it. So I think there's a value of storytelling in that sense, you know, that we, we, we do have the power to make a difference. And yes, not always, it, it doesn't always work, but a lot of the time it does because mm. it, it makes it makes things happen sometimes. Also, like, the trust that people put into us to tell mm. their stories. Again, another of my reporters spoke to um, an incredible lady a few weeks ago um, who'd been diagnosed with cancer and her mum had had cancer and her sister had had cancer. And that is such a such an awful thing and such a personal thing but you know to put your trust into somebody who you don't know and who's over the phone it's amazing to be on that other side and think you know what like you're you're putting your trust into me to tell the biggest probably story of your life and yes it's not always the biggest story of someone's life it might be about the mcdonald's order that came Mm. wrong but the fact is that people trust us to do those big stories justice and i think that gives so much value and there's kind of no nicer feeling than A, making a difference, and B, being trusted to do that. You've been part of that. Yeah. You're part of that journey, isn't it, with them? And I think this is um, relates back to our Let's Talk Better campaign mm. very well. You know, having that power t- of storytelling, yeah. that trust that you can have there, the communicating. Um, you know, Michael Rosen always talks about powers, um, the power of storytelling. Mm. Um, he's one of my favourite authors, by the way, being a primary teacher. <laughs> Who wouldn't? And Julia Donson. But, you know... You're absolutely right that you know, and it creates the change because you're communicating that, isn't it, to a wider audience mm. of the value of, you know, that might not be the only person who's going through that, but there's other people that can reach out. Exactly. To yeah. Make a difference. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess for readers, you know, they might read someone's story as you've just said and think, oh my gosh, that's what I'm going through as well. And who knows, that might help them. That might encourage them to speak. There's there's so much power in it. Absolutely. Yeah. And talking about writing, I mean. The balance of joy and sadness uh, around that, what's, you know, how is that balanced out? It's hard because, you know, we write a lot of stories that that have no joy. People are getting hurt, people, as I say, are ill, people are really struggling with their housing or or making sure that their kids are safe or stuff like that. And and it's hard to say at all that there's any joy in any of that. but you know, on the flip side, there are so many good things going on that when you can share someone's joy with them, again, it's like, oh my gosh, you've trusted me with this. This is like one of the, I don't know, best moments for you this year or in the past five years. And it's like, it's an honor. It's, it's so nice mm. to, to, to go through that with someone. Can we have a rustle at this point, please? Yes. Would you care to pick up that newspaper? Yes. The Bromley News Shopper. The Bromley News Shopper. Russell away. Yes. yes. Not digital. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, uh, you recognise what a story on the cover there. Yes. Yes. We've got um, Alexander Maloney, who is from Bromley, um, and he's starring in uh, Disney's live-action remake of Peter Pan. I mean, he's adorable. What a thing to do at 16. He's going to be on Disney, like the Disney, and... and mm. um, we did sort of an initial uh, initial story about him and then um, Poppy, another of my reporters, um, spoke to him and his mum and um, spoke to him and his family um, and we were able to kind of share share his news and, and be excited okay. with them and, and yeah, amazing. When I first heard the story, I was like, oh, he's being in a version of Peter Pan and then when I 
properly read Poppy's interview, I was like, oh my gosh, it says Disney. The actual the Disney. Disney. Yeah. 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 That's amazing, that is. Absolutely. And you open up the new shop and there it is. Yeah. Wonderful, positive news. Mm. Yeah, it, it's there if you look for it. Absolutely. Uh, and even more so online, I think, for the reasons you spoke about. And one, one of the things I, I say as a PR is you never know who's listening. Mm. It's also true, you never know who's reading and the difference it can make. And this is fundamentally why newspapers remain important, mm. uh, whatever people might say to the contrary. It's hard, but I like to always um, have when we sort of schedule stories to go live the next morning, which is a lot of what we do, um, to make sure, you know, when people wake up, we've got new stuff for them to read. I like to have people's faces at the top of the website each morning. Yes, it does not always happen. There might be a big breaking incident. We might not have someone who wants the face on the website, but I like that. And with, you know, like a picture of um, Alexander here with Peter Pan, that's yeah. such a great thing. People wake up, go on our site and and it makes you smile, doesn't it? it? Does, when you yeah. see that. And I think that's the whole idea, isn't it? About, you know, how do we also look after the people mm. that we're um, transmitting all this news to mm. in the best way possible? And the first thing, when you wake up in the morning, you don't want to be seeing or reading a disaster story or, a, a, you know, a traumatic incident. Um, yes, it's nice to know that information, mm. but being a mindset and well-being coach, it's like that will then set you up for the rest of the day, mm -hmm. if you've kind of got it in your mind. It's, mm -hmm. it's interesting, but I like that, having a positive face, well, you're, you're, you open up on the digital. You're, you're literally talking to someone with the power to do this, because if Emmy chose, some horrible story comes about up about Bromley, mm -hmm. but she knows there's something nicer, and she's feeling a bit fed up, she can go, right, I'm gonna write this nice one up and chunk the other one down a bit, any time <laughs> I want. Absolutely. Not saying you do. <laughs> ah, talking about these kinds of things though, we're on a bit of a positive role here. Uh, you were telling us earlier about the thing that you most love about Bromley. Mm. The thing I most love about Bromley is the Churchill Theatre. Definitely. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I love about it? I think I've been maybe three or four times to see different shows. First of all, every single one was incredible. Second of all, what I like, my absolute favourite thing about it is you watch that show and you feel like you're in the West End because they're so good. But you're not, you're in a community and you sat among people in a community and it, the theatre's got that warm community feel. And I don't know how they've managed to, to strike the balance so well of having that community and West End feel. Because being in the West End, you don't feel like you're in a community, do you? It's like, wow, London, incredible, epic, whatever. And the shows are that in Bromley, but you're in Bromley in a nice environment, in a warm theatre that you feel like proud to support and proud to be there. So yeah, definitely, that is my favourite thing. You're just on top of my list. <laughs> it's so lovely to hear that, though, because you're not from Bromley. Yeah, no. And, you know, you saying this, it, it really means a lot to us yeah. as the Bromley Buzz, but to all our listeners who are from this community. Yeah. Uh, and you're absolutely right, it does give you that warm feeling. Yeah. Um, you don't have to trek all the way into London. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's more costly as well. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of, you know, downside factors to it. But um, you, it's just at our doorstep. And they produce the most amazing shows. Yeah, um, we, we saw um, oh, Burn the Floor, Kevin Clifton's. Yeah. Well, he was part of the Burn the Floor dance show. Yeah. That was Utterly stunning. Really? Wow. Uh, I don't care what stage you put on, on anywhere, it was glorious. Yeah. Really? But it's, you know, yeah, we've got musical, church, yeah. we've got drama. I mean, in the past, they've had an ice show there as well. Wow. Uh, so, uh, which I love because I come from a professional figure skating background. Do you? Yeah. 
<laughs> so like, I want to go on Dancing on Ice. That's what I want to do. Can't well, skate though. <laughs> well, that's why. You have a teacher. Yes. I have a teacher. Yes, I have a teacher. I mean, I am the teacher. <laughs> oh, ice skating. Oh, ice skating. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah, no, but it's great to hear that. Yeah, Did I've seen. Even... Sorry. No, 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 you're the interviewer, you get to say... Whatever you want. I was going to say, I've seen um, a range of things. I've seen a pantomime there. I saw Hairspray, which was hands down the best thing I've ever seen. Um, I saw Jersey Boys. I'm trying to think what else. I've definitely seen more, but yeah, amazing. I love it. You may have been in the audience with our friend Sarah. Yeah, Jersey Boys. Really? Oh. There you go, community. Did you know know that uh, behind the Churchill Theatre, there's an amphitheatre? No. A concrete amphitheatre. You go really? down the path behind. Yeah. Uh, and last summer they put on a, a play of Great Expectations. Oh, and there wow. was also a, a poetry uh, day or days down there as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there's a little bit there. more to it than Met the Art. Oh, I like that. I'll have to pay them a visit this summer. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, that was so enjoyable. That was like a mega upbeat uh, of the interview. I'm going to throw in something here. The, li- the link... The breadth of the power of mm-hmm. the media and of the news shopper. I'm going to chop a couple of questions together here. On that. Uh, and that is, I was helping and am helping the Copper Salon restaurant, the Sharankan one, locally, mm-hmm. here with their PR, which is a joy because I love the, the way the owner thinks and I love the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always wanted to work with a really good restaurant. <laughs> there you um, go. And they got two uh, Curry Awards last year, London Curry Awards and the British Curry Awards. Yeah. And the second of them we covered yep. in um, both in print and online. Yep. And that went on to uh, Yahoo online and the Mirror online. And to my surprise, as part of your social media, uh, Emily Davison, who wrote it up, bless her, um, did a TikTok video about it as well. That whole thing was just awesome. It kind of helped make my year. So I think it made know. Emily's year. She absolutely loved it. It was so great to get her out there. She was brilliant at making the TikTok, wrote the best review, had a lovely evening, so it was great, winning all round. And this is something which people can forget about um, locally based media. They're only locally in their own terms. Mm. You are on the side which takes these stories around the world because mm. it's online. And some of that stuff gets mirrored and shared in the national media mm. and the international media. It's like a conveyor belt of good stories if it works. Yeah, if it works. <laughs> yeah, I am... Um, it sounds silly, but I actually don't like using the word local in stories because local means different to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we are trusted local news and we are, and to, to our readers in Bromley, yes, we are local news. But, you know, exactly as you've just said, these things can get onto Yahoo News and, and be taken by national media and then, then it isn't local, but it's absolutely brilliant to be able to champion those places that are local to our initial first readers. Mm. Absolutely. You know, and it, I think it's it's really important as well. You know, you were talking about restaurants. Uh, you know, we've got the couple of salon. I mean, we're also very privileged here in Bromley. We've got um, I don't know if you've seen the restaurant, the Basket. Yeah. The fish one, I and mean, that's come all the way from South Africa. Wow. Yeah. There's only one in the whole of England. Yeah. And they've opened up here. And when I went across and I asked them, why did you not go to London? where you're going to get more people of footfall coming in. And they were like, no, we wanted to be outside of London. And Bromley was one of the main places that they chose because of um, its history mm-hmm. and the clientele and the flow of everything. I mean, to have that in Bromley, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I interviewed the um, Norwegian franchise owners of Hitio Gym. Right. And that's in a, 
the Nugent's uh, shopping centre in yeah. Orpington. Yeah. And it's a new concept. It's been growing out. And there, there's only one other one in the country, but it's going to go going around. Right. But the idea, basically, is they put a fitness centre bang in the middle of a shopping centre. Right. And it's a fantastic idea because it brings people on their footfall. They're not just going there and going and eating in the various restaurants and <laughs> emerging larger. Some of them, <laughs> some of them, some of them are going doing that fitness stuff as well. And it means that the other shops there uh, are being better used. And so that's another part of the positive value of um, media, which I love. Um, I think, here's an assertion, right, I said about this earlier, mm. I think that advertising in the media, mm. especially the, I'm afraid to use the word local now, but... No, uh, don't be, please. <laughs> in, in, the, in, the, in the nearby media, uh, it, it's, uh, for businesses that do it, they should some of the time actually regard it as an act of community service, because... It is a communication platform, the print media, the social media, the websites, the blogs, all of that helps join people up, helps pe news get out there, helps people understand that the Churchill Theatre exists, that mm -hmm. the Bridge House Theatre in Penge exists, that Casper exists, and if they didn't have the medium, it's we end up by being the tree that falls in the forest, and <laughs> has anyone heard it kind of thing. Um, and I'm going to announce here that uh, one of my clients who I really like, I share his values, which is something that's a, a joy to say, Ian Pro Property is uh, going to be sponsoring the Bromley Buzz podcast because that stuff is important to us too. Mm -hmm. We will do what we do better mm. with more income. Mm. And likewise, I was talking to him about this because he's very community. He's an Orpton boy. He's grown up there. Mm. Uh, and he's talking to a local uh, sports body about advertising with them which will help there in their community things he's got an idea for a charity which is fantastic he's just like mr community in a estate agent form mm -hmm. and he's helping us and he gets it about the new shopper and about advertising estate agents have retreated from advertising in the new shopper there's a tiny property section now mm -hmm. and you know what i'm not impressed so Ian Neither. will do this <laughs> and, it, and an estate agent is going to come out of the woodwork and do this for the right reasons. So there you go. Um, talking of advertising, how do people get there? We have got a fantastic advertising slash sales team. Um, all the details of them are both in our newspaper and on our website. Um, and yeah, they're really helpful. Know every sort of opportunity that we've got and we'll kind of take people along the way with that. If I remember rightly, I've spoken to a lady called Sophie, I think, possibly. Anyway, um, and she was talking about the fact you have special editions or special supplements, or yeah. whatever you call it in there. So I think Homes and Gardening was one. And Education, one. I think, yeah. there's one, yeah. Yeah, so those are things that people can look out for and put. And, of course, and this is a really powerful thing and where you come in, uh, obviously transmitting it online through mm -hmm. the TikToks. By the way, which social media do you have, just for a bit of clarity? And do you have a typical handle? On the news shopper, mm. we've got um, an Instagram, which we regrettably don't use masses, but we're massive on Facebook, massive on Twitter. We are growing our TikTok. Marvellous. I'm going to have to get into TikTok now. I am a TikTok addict. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> Not, I'm not quite there. I'm on enough platforms at the moment. I can just about handle those. Don't download TikTok then. It's addictive. It is downloaded. I've just never got into it. Fair enough. To be honest though, it's addictive, but there are so many 
useful things on there as well as fun videos and stuff um, that can be great for like just before bed or whatever when you need a bit of downtime. There's so much on there that you can learn. <laughs> That's kind of my no, 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 <laughs> looking at phones before bedtime. Oh Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. you're all right. You're all right. You're <laughs> I was talking about digital detox. <laughs> oh, okay. I think Easy I'm the wrong person for that because yeah. I am like, I can never Many get off my phone. Do. <laughs> but I guess I probably wouldn't have my job if I didn't, Absolutely. if I could get off my phone, so it's okay. Sometimes, you, you know, you can't pull away from it. Sometimes you've got to just do what you've got to do. Yeah. And you need your downtime. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking about uh, the new shopper, your favourite piece. What has been your favourite piece that you've written or um, covered? I think, yeah, I was going to say, rather than something I've written, and it's, it seems maybe slightly off to call it favourite, but the best thing for me that I've covered and the most sort of amazing thing and the thing that I'll never, ever forget is when the Queen died. Um, mm-hmm. I was in a meeting in Sutton... Um, when the sort of Sky News notifications started going, BBC News started going out on my phone, like, I think the palace had issued a statement, hadn't they, that, that there was something not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally went straight from Sutton to Buckingham Palace. It was probably about two o'clock in the afternoon by the time I got there. Um, it wasn't that busy, but the mood was something to be remembered and captured. And as the day went on, I just stayed there, sat on the steps, you know, the steps that you can sit on and and look at the palace. Um, And I just got my laptop out and I was working there and I was just kind of like filming the atmosphere, doing some pieces to camera to send back um, to the newsroom about what was going on. Um, And it just sort of started to fill out and, and the mood as the day went on completely changed. And then when it had been announced that um, the Queen had died, hundreds and thousands of people were there. And again, I was there to get that. And it was amazing to be there from when it was just announced, when it was really quiet to when there was like so many people gathered, everybody trying to get, you know, a look at the little A4 piece of paper on the huge gates, the announcement, um, all the flowers that were being left. Yeah, covering that was just once in a lifetime, literally, but it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, not, maybe not, but it was amazing. Um, it was a once in a lifetime thing to, to sort of be able to, to be there. Um, and then went on also to cover um, the Queen's funeral. Um, I was able to kind of see um, part of the procession. And rather than cover it from like a press pass perspective, I was just stood... When I went into central London as everybody else did mm. um, and just sort of tried my luck and saw where I could get to and I ended up with like a great position and being able to see and again it was nice to be able to report from like being a mm. member of the public and being me rather than being a member of the press and I think again that's like an importance um, or highlights the importance of local news you know because you've got your national media that had the drones and that had the passes and that had the seats and that had, and don't get me wrong, everyone wants to see that, you know, I would have it on my TV watching it, but also to, to portray it as as me and as us and as members of a community and, and people who live in London and people who look to the monarchy, that was really special as well. So yeah, amazing. So you're connecting on a yeah. completely different level and a personal level. And actually, um, you know, that's got me thinking about, in your your position as a reporter, journalist, and then 
be human as a person there. How easy or difficult is it for you to separate the two? Because I, I mean, I think about me as a coach, and then when I'm out and about with my friends, to try and cut that off, so I'm not that coach. Yeah. I'm a friend now. You'll laugh at so, <laughs> Well, two aspects to it. Firstly, I remember someone saying to me, yeah, to be a journalist, you've got to have thick skin. And yes, in a way, but also no, because, you know, you've got to be able to relate to people. You've got to be sympathetic. You've got to be empathetic. And I guess it's, I guess it's striking a balance between the two. Like it's, there's some certain stories that I'd come away from and I could, and after work, I'd find it hard to switch off from, you know, bad things happen and scary things happen and, and we cover a lot of that. And sometimes, you know, we write about, unfortunately, stabbings all the time. It's mm. it's terrifying. And you might be in the moment and you're writing, yeah, one kid who's 14 has been taken to hospital because he's been stabbed and you're writing it and you're not thinking and then you come away and you're like, right, oh my gosh, actually, someone's son, someone's brother, someone's cousin, that is, has been stabbed, yeah. And that's quite hard to strike the balance. Also, though, we write about fires quite a lot, as because house fires and stuff happen. And my mum laughs at me because I am so beyond obsessive with like not letting her have the dishwasher on when we're out <laughs> and not letting her put the dryer on when we're asleep, which, yes, you absolutely shouldn't do and she wouldn't do anyway. But she's you like, turning all the clothes yeah, off. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but, but fires happen. And she's like, yeah, but fires happen from absolutely anything. But I'm like, it's instilled from writing about it. And that yeah. is also hard. Also, I know like walking in the streets and stuff. I am so conscious of everything and everyone because, again, write about people having the phone nicked, write about things yeah. that are worse, you know, stabbings. I'm terrible for it. I don't trust anyone. And I think that probably is partly from my job. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to be cautious, but I know I am terribly overcautious. I think it's time you started writing for Saga. <laughs> like that. That might help. But it's interesting saying that, I, you know, obviously now I'm sitting here, I've literally put on my coaching hat. Yeah. <laughs> from the you need to coach to the me. But it's, it's amazing how our experiences, you know, and, and, and that's really interesting, nice, not nice, but it, it, it's interesting to hear how we change our lives and how, you know, our work can impact yeah. our personal experiences, either for the positive or even for the negative sometimes. Yeah, and I know for people starting out in the industry, like um, a few of the reporters on my team, they, they'll come to me and say, God, like that interview was hard or that that was really awful, or, that's really hard to... And, and I feel a sense of responsibility in being able to, to say to them, you know, you've got to separate it and be able to talk through them, talk it through with them. But also, there's not masses in that situation you can say because you're only human at the end of the day. And and yes, we tell all these people's stories and, and we hear so many things that you might think, oh, well, you're hearing so many things that, that things become insignificant or, you know, we're not attached to this person, so why does it matter? But that is just so not no, true. You can't stop your emotions. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. That makes me laugh, though. Turning off full. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like I can put the dryer on now. Like no, you can't. You can't. We might not be able to hear it. <laughs> okay. Love it. Um, right. Do you know what? I would love to ask you about your your ambition, your long term dream. What's in the horizons? As I said, I'd love to be a presenter. Yeah. I, I love my job now and I'm absolutely categorically not just saying that. I do and I hope that that 
shows and I hope that all my colleagues and my team know that and I, and I think and I think that they do um I don't know I any particular sort of um area of presenting that really inspires you to do because so, you can present in so many different yeah topics. I think at first I really wanted to be a news presenter and then I kind of came to the realisation that serious isn't maybe my strong point. Although it was really lovely when the when the Queen did die and I was doing like pieces to camera and stuff and that was obviously serious and, and some of my colleagues were saying, Oh my gosh, like you've done that so well, you've presented that so well. And that was really nice to hear because I was watching those videos thinking, You are so bad at this because it's serious and you can't smile, of course. Mm there's not really much to smile about obviously but um yeah I love like the thought of daytime tv or something like that but you know what I never ever when I started at the new shopper nearly two years ago would have said that I wanted to be in the position now or would have thought I would be in the position that I'm in now so as much as I am all for having dreams ambitions aspirations and and letting them be a driver of what you do you never know what's around the corner you never know what opportunities are going to come up um, so yeah, I can sit here and be like, I want to be Holly Willoughby in 10 years or now or tomorrow, or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I like what I'm doing now as long as I'm happy in the moment and as long as I'm learning and as long as I feel like I'm working towards bettering myself and making a difference and stuff, then I'm happy. Which you definitely are. Really good. <laughs> but out there. I'm, I'm getting to the gratitude part of this now. Right. Uh, so it's a double gratitude, actually. The first one is the general one. So... Thank you for being part of sharing life with people uh, and joining people up. Mm -hmm. The second one is specifically the Bromley Arts Festival last summer. Mm -hmm. um, you put that in the paper mm -hmm. and online. And we had this brilliant picture of like, most of the Bromley's arts community in one place at the launch event last May. And it was, it was lovely with uh, Councillor Hannah Gray, the Mayor, uh, Myra Kingdom, the um, Chair of the Bromley Arts Council and more. Uh, and funnily enough, uh, it's what it's led on to as well. One of the people in there is uh, the actress Zoe Tapper, mm -hmm. who uh, grew up in Bromley Digital Theatre, uh, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, she was on uh, The One Show in the last few days because wow. of being in Grace. Wow. Uh, which was rather marvellous. So, but anyway, thank you for sharing that festival because um, it's a thing of joy, uh, especially post COVID, mm -hmm. if you use that word, which is a bit. And it meant dippy. a lot to a lot of mm. people. Yeah. yeah. It absolutely did. That's really yeah. good to hear. Yeah, because we saw people like uh, Magpie Dance at that event, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a dance group for uh, people with disabilities. disabilities mm -hmm. um, Down syndrome, and the, yeah. you know, all this kind of disability. I mean, yeah, I, I shed a few tears while they were yeah. dancing. And it was so beautiful, wasn't it? Likewise, uh, Skylight Dance Group, mm. who um, were doing ballet and more modern uh, pieces with children there. Um, I had a former phantom of the opera uh, just sort of standing by the wall and then going across the room going rrr, rrr, rrr. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry listeners uh, that was me um, yeah, uh, it, was a, it was an event of joy and to have it reflected out there in the, the wider media as a result was uh, marvellous um, I did say earlier on uh, if you have anything that uh, you'd like to add uh, from your story or anything that's occurred to you during this this is a good opportunity I don't know, I think, cliche, but keep reading our stuff because it means so much to us. Keep clicking, keep engaging with our stuff, keep telling us your stories, keep trusting us with your stories. Because, um, yeah, 
it means a lot to us personally and obviously journalistically and it's great to be able to represent these communities. You made me think of the mm-hmm. uh, a follow-up question um, before Z has her chance as well. What's your inbox, inbox look like? Don't ask. <laughs> Two words. <laughs> uh, so the question you didn't want was... <laughs> Don't ask me <laughs> Go on, go on, go on. Tell us a bit. Annual leave is lovely and mm. being on holiday is lovely, but the dread of the three hundred and god knows whatever emails every day that come through is not lovely although you know what i say that and some of some of the emails are rubbish because as with everyone you know some of the the emails that you get are not ones that you want to read but equally without those however many hundred emails i wouldn't learn because some of them are from colleagues and training sessions and whatever some of them are about the stories some people are moaning and you can't keep everyone happy um so yeah my inbox is full but me and my colleagues always laugh because there's one of my colleagues who has like all the emails that she doesn't need she leaves them unread so her e- her inbox has like 10,000 unread emails that literally would make me lose sleep that sounds like my mother it's <laughs> awful I have to log off every evening and there cannot be one unread email if I need to remember something it's in my diary but I'm like misorganized like my diary is like heaven god like I can't live without it um so yeah, my emails... Is that written or digital format? Your written, diary? which is so interesting because my personal calendar is on my phone and again, could not survive without that. Every time I need to breathe, it's in there. Um, but my work diary is in diary form. I can show you it. Um, it's pink. Of course, I love pink. <laughs> and everything goes in there. Genuinely, my colleagues laugh as well because they'll say something and I'll be like, I need to remember that. It's going in my diary. They're like, just do it now. If you need to just send the email, just do it now. I'm like, no, I need to write it down. So yeah, my emails are chaos, but also good chaos sometimes. Um, do you have any tips for listeners about when they get in touch, how they can make your life easier in picking stories or not? I like that question. Um Good pictures always. I don't want to. I don't have time to read long emails. So quick, tell me exactly what's going on. Tell me how you can help me. How I can help you. Give me an outline of the story. Make sure I know that it has a local link because if I have to search for it, I'm probably not going to. Being mm-hmm. honest, time we don't have all the time yeah. in the world. Um, and be polite. Some people are so rude. Mm. Like I'm not going to help you if you're rude to me. Sorry. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what I would say. Anything to add to? Yeah, no, you kind of stole my question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we hadn't talked about it in advance. So <laughs> no, that's not right. No, I'm, I'm just listening to all of that. You, you must be very, very skilled at literally skimming through those emails. It's probably a skill that you've learned over the years yeah. because you can't fully read the emails. It's got to catch your eye, like you said. Yeah, it's got it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Kindness goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Written and spoken, mm. and I think um, it's it's important. Yeah, I agree. Mm. After all, if you want your story told, who better to do it? <laughs> exactly. Then the Bromley News Shopper, and uh, it's marvelous journalist Amy Share. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.